Today's episode of Sports Headlines is presented by Podgo. What's Podgo? Well, Warner, Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. So you're telling me that if I include an ad from Podgo, they're going to tell me up front how much I'll make? Of course. If you apply today, actually, to become a member, you'll be immediately connected with advertisers that fit your audience. Really? So it'll be specified for my show and my type of podcast? Yeah. So all you have to do is go to podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot co, C-O. And when you apply, make sure you add our podcast, Sports Headlines, and the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. All right. I'll do that as soon as I can. Yep, again, that's podgo.co, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Let's get back to today's episode. Welcome back to Sports Online. It's the most authentic place towards you guys and new to the channel. I'm Sean. And I am Warner. Make sure you go check us out on Twitter at Sports Headline 8, Instagram at Sports underscore Headlines 4, and on YouTube, we're at Sports Headlines. Big uh, black logo like it is here on Sportscaster. Um, and if you're listening on podcasting platforms, or if you're not, go listen. If you are listening, thank you very much. And um, check us out on YouTube. Just released episode two of the Chargers rebuild. Um, we've got a Detroit Lions rebuild coming out in the following I months after, after draft season. Um, we got a lot of big stuff coming for you, but, but today we're here to talk about some uh, major sports news, NFL and NBA. So let's, let's get it going. Here, really quickly, I just want to say I'm the most influential analyst in sports right now. I Oh, my God. My idiot of the day segment has to be the most watched and most listened segment of all time. So, if you guys recall, last week, I think it was Friday, I said I gave an affordable action plan for the Eagles to return to some sort of relevancy. Step one was fire Doug Peterson. Monday afternoon, or morning, eh, afternoon. Doug Peterson gets fired. What was step two? Hmm? Step two. two? Calm down. Calm down. It was trade Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. No, that's not happening. Step three. That was three. Step two was actually fire the GM, which is actually reports of that potentially being uh, discussed in ownership. Ow, sorry. Back my mouth hurts. And then yesterday, (laughs) I said... I gave it the day to the Seahawks offense and, you know, Pete Carroll and the offensive coordinator and crew for not letting Russ cook. And I even and I said, Russ is your five-star chef. You don't move your five-star chef down from entrees to desserts. You keep them on entrees, even if they have a couple bad dishes. And what happens just literally hours later, they fire the offensive coordinator. I may be the most influential uh, analyst in, in the business right now. This is what Russell Wilson had to say about it. Or, or maybe they were just gimme moves that were pretty obvious to uh, suggest. Thanks, Hater. Um, Russell Wilson tweeted out this. He says, Scotty, I'm grateful for how much you meant to me over the past three years. God blessed me with you. We won a lot of games, threw a lot of touchdowns, had a blast in meetings and our Bible studies. The best days are ahead of you. Go be great. God first. Love three. Um, outside of me being the most influential analyst of all time, what are your thoughts on uh, the decision to fire the uh, offensive coordinator? Well, I mean, I think it was kind of a no-brainer. Pete Carroll, we know, is a defensive coach, um, and 
I feel like that offense, I, I just don't understand what, what made him, um, what made the game plan as it was. Um, although I will say this, the official report, um, I can pull it up here. The official report was they parted ways or they, they right. fired him um, due to, due to um, a, a difference in, in what the, 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 um, I'm blanking on the word right now, but um, there we go. Um, because there were uh, physio- philosophical differences with Pete Carroll. So um, we don't know if Pete Carroll was the one who wanted to run the ball. We, we, don't, we don't know if that's the case. Um, all we do know is Pete Carroll, I think, is were, the guy that wanted to run the ball because this is what – Pete Carroll um, said here in a statement. Um, hold on, crap! I can't. I now all of a sudden cannot find Pete Carroll's statement. Um, this Russell Wilson. Go ahead, Warren. I'm, I'm going to find it. Go ahead. Okay. Um, but. I mean, we, we don't know who wanted to do what. We just know that there were psycho, uh, f- dang man, philosophical um, differences in the way they wanted to run the offense. Pete Carroll's a primarily defensive guy, so you would assume that um, the OC had the had a had the bigger role in in determining the game plan. But maybe um, maybe he wanted to let Russ cook, and Pete Carroll's like, no, 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 let's let's um, let's run the ball, chew the clock down, um, and and. We need a game-winning drive. We need a game. I got it. So Pete Carroll said in his, uh, in his most recent public comments since the season ended, he expressed regret that the Seahawks didn't adjust better the way opponents were defending them in the la- uh, later half of the season. He also brought up how him himself dialed back the offense as part of the reason for the decline in production. He's saying they, he timed things up as the Seahawks. He wanted to time things up as the Seahawks faced a handful of short defenses strong defenses near the end of the season. And he said part of the solution next season, from Pete Carroll, he said part of, the, part of the solution next season will be to run the ball enough to force defenses into favorable coverages. Uh, this was an article written by Brady Henderson um, from ESPN. Shout out to Brady. Um, so it sounds like them firing um, Coach Schottenheimer was just a scapegoat tactic. Um, like, listen, you're the OC. People know Pete Carroll's a defensive coach, so we're going to – we're going to fire you so the fans can be somewhat content over us dialing back the offense. And then we're going to come out full force next year. And Pete Carroll's not going to get any of the blame, which I think is kind of a weak move, honestly, if you're, if you're the Seahawks organization. Yeah. I, I, I think again, this is Pete Carroll's fault. I think he's an old school coach, right? Kind of stubborn old school coach who wants to run the football, wants to pound the football. And ironically, it was Unless it's on the goal line in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I was about to bring that up. So, you know, look, um, this is Pete Carroll's fault, obviously. Um, feel bad for Coach Scotty. But, uh, yeah, Warren, you have anything else there? No, I, I hope he gets another job somewhere else. Um, I think he will with all the offensive coordinators that are leaving to potentially be head coaches. You think Arthur Smith, Brian Dable, um, Eric Bieniemy. There's a, there's a whole list of offensive-minded guys Um that that could possibly be gone and so i think hopefully he'll get another shot and he'll probably maybe win a game against seattle and just shove it right in Pete carroll's face 
Yeah, that would be fun. All right, now we have some more uh, somewhat breaking news. So last night, James Harden made a bombshell. He dropped a bomb like it was. Uh, Don't say it. What? Don't say it. What? I was saying he dropped a bomb like it was the Woj bomb. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You can say that. I, I thought you were going to say something else. Oh, okay. So anyway, this is what James Harden had to say after the game last night. Take a listen. I mean, this situation is, is, is crazy. You know, it's something that uh, I don't think can be fixed. So, um, yeah. Thanks. I mean, this... Now, once again, prior to that statement, James Harden said he – he feels like he, he's given everything to that city. Tim McMahon uh, also reported saying James Harden said that the Rockets are just, we're not going to look at that tweet. James, uh, Tim McMahon, as you guys can see here, he said uh, James Harden rep reportedly said that the Rockets are just not good enough and he loves this city, but he has literally done everything that I can. I mean, the situation is crazy. He's got just heard. It's something that I don't think can be fixed. He walked off and said, thanks. That's not like a goodbye there, Warner. Um, I'm going to get my thoughts on the James Harden situation here in a second after you go, but what are your thoughts on what he just said? Actually, John Wall also, he talked about the chemistry of the team. And John Wall said that when you have certain guys, uh, we have certain guys that don't want to buy in, it's hard. He also goes on to compare the Lakers chemistry to the Rockets. Championship team, um, you know what I mean? Play. Just in our reality, um, with a team like that, that's a championship team. Um, you know what I mean? Just in our reality, when they score, do anything, they all stand up there cheering for each other. You know what I mean? So that's what those great teams do. Uh, we one of those teams that's still trying to find chemistry, trying to find what we are, what our identity are. So when you deal with that as an aspect, we don't even stand up sometimes when guys score or do the, do the little things. And um, when that happens, it trickles down from 1 to 15 to kind of can hurt a team. And when we play the good teams like the Lakers – or those teams that's a playoff teams, we tend to struggle when we play the way we play at times. But when we play teams that's not as good and those bad teams where I've been on the bad team before, you kind of can get away with anything. Um, with really cool. I just love the fact they kind of like threw shade at the Wizards. Like, I was on a bad team for Christ's sake. And again, per Kelly Ico, a uh, reporter for the Houston Rockets covering the athletic, working for the athletic. Um, he says again, when you have John Wall said, when you have certain guys that don't want to buy in, it is hard. What are your thoughts on the situation? James Harden saying basically saying goodbye to Houston practically. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be straight up honest. I don't know if he's gonna go anywhere. Um, the Rockets may have something under wraps where nothing's getting out, no rumors or anything, but. You and I have both run through all these teams, and I mean, who who's he going to go to? Because he's not going to the Lakers unless they get LeBron or AD, and they're not going anywhere. He's not going to the Clippers unless they get Kawhi or Paul George. That's really unlikely. Um, he's not going to go to I don't know, say the Suns, who may need another piece, unless they get a Devin Booker and more. He's not going to go to uh, the Nuggets unless they get probably a Jokic. I don't think Murray would do it for him. Um, so it's it's just it's an interesting situation for him. And I think what John Wall said is absolutely true. You've got to have guys buy in. You've got to have um, 
that that's what people talk about when they say the culture there's a culture change or there's a culture problem same thing in the browns organization for so long guys weren't buying in nobody had confidence you kept going through different coaches every year different quarterbacks who wanted to do something new or something different every single season and so the core that was there just couldn't do anything because they were always in a, a sort of state of limbo, like, oh, dodge this coach, dodge this quarterback. Oh, wait, there's Johnny Manziel, step aside. Now we got uh, Hugh Jackson. Oh, no, okay, we got our guy, Freddie Kitchen. Freddie Kitchen's a terrible coach. They have a lazy culture. And it, it just it filters down through the organization, and it really rots out um, any any good in, in the players and the coaching staff that you may have. So um, I think what he said was absolutely true, and it's just it's what happens. Yeah, this was uh, obviously Woj Bomb, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reported last night following James Harden's statement. He said, James Harden is well aware that the Rockets are continuing to discuss trade scenarios with teams, although no deal is imminent. Sources tell ESPN Houston's axing price remains steep, as you'd expect it would be for a player of Harden's caliber. I think this could be a situation similar to what happened in Cleveland, different different player, hard is better. But with, Kyrie. with Kyrie, where the situation just gets so bad that you're going to get less value. Um, Either way, than, than what you should have gotten. Yeah, like, nobody's like, nobody's going to offer you anybody who's really like somebody who you really really want and value and and who has good value. But the situation's so bad, you've got to get him out. You've got to get him out of there. And and preserve the 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 team chemistry. Because there's um, no way you're gonna tell me that you, that for Kyrie, you got Isaiah Thomas who's coming off of a hip surgery. You got Jay Crowder, Zizek, and practically um crap, Con Saxon. Stop it! Stop it! I mean, Come on I mean those, those are some serviceable players, but they're not any like number two guy on a championship team exactly. type of player. Um. So, yeah, and really quickly, just my thoughts on the situation. Harden's not helping himself. Did you see how, how like, uh, not fat, but, like, oh, my gosh. He just did not look in shape. And, actually, I'm trying to find the, the tweet here that, uh, like, look at this. Look at, like, what the heck? He really did not. He did not look any kind of buff. Like that that's a superstar player you want me to trade for? Come on now. Like that that's ridiculous. You're so out of shape. Like, come on, you're not helping yourself. You're hurting you're averaging 18 points for the last few games, too. It's um it's a it's a predicament. Um that honestly that that reminds me of of uh, as a Packers fan, Eddie Lacey coming out. He was a really nice running back. He had a thousand yard rushing season in his first year. He was, you know, the running back that we always needed um, in Mike McCarthy's offense. He was a guy that it was a power back. He carried the load, but he was still pretty agile and explosive. Um, and and he started refining his receiving game, getting better and better. And then he just kept getting more and more out of shape. Um, and his career basically was over uh, from then on. He never could resurrect it. And, and the story behind that is um, Hurricane Katrina and family meals being such so valuable to him that eating um, made him feel better. Um, 
So when you're not regulated as strictly as you are in college and you're more on your own, th those things can come up and, and haunt you. Look at, um, look at Mark Davis Bryant in, in marijuana. I mean, when you're not, you, when you're not as regulated, you're quote unquote, a, a free guy in terms of you don't have a coach staring down your back all the time. Right. When you get out of classes till the time you put your head on the pillow and then he's back at 4 a.m. to wake you up the next day. Um, you can kind of go down a rabbit hole, go down the drain. And um, you just got to hope that's not happening to James Harden because he's not going to be if, if he allows himself to remain in this kind of shape, he's not going to teams aren't going to want to trade for him. So he's going to be more unhappy that way. And then when a team inevitably does trade for him or he hits the market, he's not going to get a as much money be as many years or see the team's going to suck because the best player is a guy who's out of shape. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Got a little bit of breaking news, if you will, uh, out of the NFL now. Um, Adam Schefter from ESPN reports that the Bears GM, Ryan Payton, head coach, Matt Nagy, will return for the 2021 season uh, the Bears chairman, George McCaskey, said, I was impressed. <laughs> hey, you know what? No, no. There, there's a positive spin on this. Um, as a Packers fan, I can ensure the Bears will be bad for at least one more season. <laughs> um, but my goodness, come on, George. George impressed. McCaskey, what are you doing, bro? So, the key word, the, what got me was. Impressed. Impressed? Like it's not even like Mike Brown said what they they uh they uh like the foundation they built with Zach Taylor or something. With like that, that was bad. That was bad. Impressed? But impressed. It's like he doesn't even watch football. He just saw him. He saw him uh, cook up a steak for their steak dinner. He was like, "Man, that's uh, you're a really good cook, Matt." Um, and, and Ryan, you made the you made the dessert. You made that that nice uh, chocolate lava cake. Oh man, you guys are coming back. I gotta keep having these meals. Um, what? Wow. Oh my Come on God. now. Impressed. Let's see if some of these Johnsons, as a diehard Bears fan, me and the rest of the fan base are. <laughs> what a great future we have ahead of us. Keeping that game pace was a good move. Now re signed Trubisky as a franchise QB. Can't wait to experience more winning in the future with this elite team. How did you do this so bad? This this has got to be that's got to be sarcasm. I'm sorry, it's got to uh, be. I, I hope it's sarcasm. This is what uh, you never know. You never know with people on Twitter. Sometimes they can say some really stupid stuff. Um, they, uh yeah, six game losing. <laughs> impressive. Oh my god. Yeah. So, yep. There we go. That's that's what I was talking about. Go Packers. Um. Oh my gosh. Wait, wait, hold on, wait, there's one more. <laughs> shit, here we go again. Oh, shit, here we go again. Here we go again, indeed. The oh, Bears are just screwing themselves up. They have one of the most talented, still one of the best defensive units in the league, and they are just taking that and just saying, we'll keep paying you guys, but you're not going to win anything. And um, I'm Alan Robinson. I don't think I'm coming back. Yeah, that, that, that just said, oh, nope. Speaking of which, of coming back, the Browns are going to activate two of their star corners, one of them star corner for sure. Um, Denzel Ward, I believe Keldon Johnson will play Sunday, which will be a, a big boost for this team. Uh, by the way, Denzel Ward 
is the only corner in the past three years. I'll say that, that I'm not saying this necessarily means anything, but this shows how good of a corner he is because he's not the best corner in football. But he, he is the only cornerback in the past three years to allow thir- under 40% completion percentage when in single coverage. And so, I will say um, with with some of these with some of these statistics, especially for corners, that's a really hard position to grade um, them in safeties because most of the time they're not really matched up one-on-one. Um, now, the better corner you are, the bit more times you're going to be matched up one-on-one, but there's zone coverage where you're not matched up one-on-one. There's um, too high man. Sometimes you're double covering a guy. And <clears throat> I will say um, stats can be skewed. So, Say Jalen Ramsey's really graded out poorly because he gave up two catches for, for um, you know, sixty-seven yards. To one day without you bringing up Jalen Ramsey. No, th- this this happened. This happened a few weeks back in the season. He was given a really poor grade by PFF because oh. DK Metcalf had like two catches for seventy-some yards, um, and even though he locked him down to only two catches, he had one big garbage time touchdown. I think um, that was fifty-plus yarder, which really just destroyed his grade because he didn't necessarily have any picks or passes defended. They just weren't throwing it his way because he was always locked. So, um, you know, sometimes quarterbacks only throw to a guy if he's wide open, knowing that there's a Jalen Ramsey or a Stephon Gilmore, Jair Alexander, uh, uh, Tredavis White um, in Buffalo. And and other guys don't probably force the ball too more. So um, very, very impressive stat for Denzel Ward. But I wouldn't necessarily say that's the end-all, be-all in terms yeah, of yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like it's more of a – oh, wait. I was about to say it's a lighter day. I was about to say that, but then I forgot we had to talk about one Mr. Brooklyn Brook, Kyrie Irving. My goodness. Oh, my God. So Kyrie Irving has not played in about two weeks now. Um, And yesterday, arguably the funniest thing happened in the world. Um, this is where Kyrie, this is what Kyrie Irving has been up to for, you know, who knows how long he went off the grid per reports last week going, uh, Warner got his, uh, protein shake. I have mine. How about that? Um, here's the thing though. I got mine in a jar of pasta sauce. So if that, if that gives me any extra credit, I want my extra credit. No, that gives you weird credit. Anyway, this hey, is hey, what mason jars are awesome to drink in. You can store anything in a mason jar. This is what Malika Andrews reported yesterday. She said Kyrie Irving appears to have attended a virtual event for Manhattan District Attorney candidate Tahani. I'm not gonna pronounce the last name, I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, at 7 p.m. last night, and the Nets tipped off against the Nuggets in Barclays Center at 7:30. And if you don't believe me, here's this guy right here, Kai Irving. Because nobody knew who that was. That's a great yeah. disguise name right there. Although great. I want to know who the heck is Tracy Morgan up there diagonally to the upper right. <laughs> um, no, but. That's window. Yeah, that's a beautiful window. Beautiful window. window can attend the meeting. Um, here's, here's what I'm going to say on this. Um, he, he's got what? Is that a championship ring on his finger too? Just, Let's see. Mm. I but anyways um i think it's kind of interesting um obviously i think he has values he's a very he's an intellectual guy despite some of the stupid stuff he said flat earth um whatever whatever um but 
he's an intellectual guy. I think he's misunderstood a lot. And he, he has some, some uh, feeling of a higher purpose. So does he still want to play basketball? I think so. Does he necessarily want it to be his primary thing? I don't know. Now, he's been would, yeah, pretty much no. MIA from the Nets. He's pretty much been MIA from the Nets for about a week and a half, two weeks. As you said, if you remember, Kevin Durant was isolated due to COVID-19 for all of last week. So uh, could this be sort of, listen, KD, he's my guy. He's the reason why I'm here. I'm the reason he's here. Uh, we teamed up to, to do this together. Um, if he's not here, man, maybe, uh, you know, why, why would I even show up? He's the only guy enjoying this locker room, et cetera, et cetera. So it could be a potentially dangerous situation in that terms where um, he's not necessarily either as secure in himself or he's um, feeling a little – and Sean looks like he put a little too much uh, – something, something in his protein shake because he is not liking that flavor. Um, but he, he could either be, you know, a little, a little depressed, a little curious, or um, just a little insecure. And, and so I think – I think he will really – I think he'll be able to um, figure this out. I, I have confidence in Kyrie. Um, he knows himself. No, his uh, name is Kai. Sorry. I, I have confidence in Kai Irving. Yeah, thank um, you. He's very offended. Hopefully he'll, hopefully he'll be able to uh, relay um, that to Kyrie uh, when he inevitably sees him. Obviously, they're related. They look exactly the same. The exact same. Um, one thing I, I really want to touch on you said – you said he's misunderstood, and I agree with that. I often come to the defense of Kyrie. The other, actually, I can't even think of a time where Kyrie's done anything outspoken or crazy or whatever or said anything crazy or weird that I haven't came to his defense, probably except the flat earth thing. That was kind of weird. But besides that, I came to his defense a lot. But this is this is kind of kind of head-scratching to me. Um yeah, and I think you said Kyrie seems like like basketball is his number one priority. That's that's true. He has this Dennis Rodman vibe to me, where you know he's gonna do whatever the freak he wants to do. That's crazy and janky. But when you need a big time play on the court in a big time game, you don't want anybody else but him. So and that that that's kind of why at first this happened when when he went to MIA last week. I didn't really, I didn't even, I don't even think we talked about it, and that's why I I. I I said it yesterday. Um, at some point, I forget what we were talking about. Clippers and in, in the Nets, and you you asked if the Nets are going to pull the Clippers from last year, and I said no. I, I just have a different vibe about this this Nets team, and it's, and Kyrie Irving is a, is a big reason of that. So um, that's why we haven't really talked about that as much. Excuse me. Um, so let's stop sharing that because this has been a little lighter show. So let's have some fun. Okay, everyone want to have some fun? I'm all for fun. All fun right. is fun. Huh? Fun is fun. Let's do it. All right, so let's go. All right, so it's the NFL uh, postseason. So let's, you know, what we'll, we'll know, like, you know, when we're in the car and stuff, right? Like with PFF, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so let's see here. I'm just going to do a little trivia warning. You can find some stuff for me, too. It could be basketball or football, all right? All right, so question number one. Which three quarterbacks have the most games with a 90-plus PFF grade this season? Um, I think undoubtedly Aaron Rodgers, number one. Um, Tied for first. Tied for first. Uh, Is he tied with Patrick Mahomes? Yep. 
it's and one more it's Josh Allen. It's a tie. With, it's a tie with the third person. It's a three-way tie. Oh, really? Josh Allen? Nope. Really? Is this some weird Kirk Cousins thing that you like to pull on me? Is this you find a really like an obscure Kirk Cousins stat that he's uh... Kirk, not Kirk. <sighs> not Kirk. I, I I don't get it. Another guy that I like is one of my favorite quarterbacks. Oh. Um. <clears throat> Painful. I don't think it's Russell Wilson. It's not Russ. Yeah, no, it's not Russell Wilson. One of your favorite quarterbacks. Mm. Justin Herbert. I don't. I, I don't know. I really doubt it, but. He's a, he's a guy you like. Um, oh no, you lost me on that number three. Baker. Oh okay, okay. Uh, yeah, you really have hopped on the Baker bandwagon over this last season. And you've always liked him, but but to me, Kirk Cousins is always going to be your guy. Okay, hater. Um, let's see. You got one, or you want me to go with another one? Go ahead. All right. Here, okay, all right, okay, got you. All right, so rank these three. This this is more of opinion based. The top three free agent wide receivers going into this offseason: Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay. Rank one through three. Okay, what's the question? I said this is more of an opinion-based question. Oh, okay. Rank, rank the top three. So, who I'd rather had? I'd rather have um, Alan Robinson. No, no, no. I don't know. Um, Chris Godwin, number one. Um, if it's just for one season, I'd take Alan Robinson. If I'm building, though, for the future, I would take Kenny Galladay just because of age. I think they're very similar players. I think Robinson's a little bit more um, well-rounded, more polished, and, uh, of course, injury concerns as well. But I think Godwin, with his route running and separation um and still being able to go up and get the ball i think i'd take him number one if you can't tell i like a guy who can really really get open frequently um that's why i like take i'd take chris godwin over mike evans i would take him over alan robinson over kenny galladay over these more physical receivers um well robinson can get open and also robinson he's not dropping a single ball that is true all right, um, last one. I guess you could go. We draft a 2018 quarterback class, Baker, Darnold, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. Who I would pick at the time or who I would pick now? Uh, well, like, if you knowing what you know now. Oh, okay. Um, Josh Allen, number one. Okay. Easy. I'm stuck between Baker and Lamar. Baker's had a really, really nice season. And Lamar hasn't shown the development, but Lamar's ceiling, I think, is higher because of his mobility. I'm going to put faith in Lamar's um, throwing arm, in his, in his right arm. I'm going to say Lamar number two, Baker three, and Sam Darnold four, and then Josh Rosen like eighth or something. Josh Rosen 90th. <laughs> um, Josh Allen is like undoubtedly number one. Uh, 2A, 2B, put him anyway. Like Baker or Lamar is so neck and neck right now. The way Baker, has, again, has played since the, the Bengals game, five touchdowns. Like, since the Bengals game, um, he's had five, seven, 11, 13, 15, 16. If you want to cut the playoffs, 19 touchdowns, 
to two interceptions since from the Bengals game on. He's been on fire. He played really well in his first ever play, uh, career postseason game. And I'm actually going to go to A, Baker, just as a passer. He's more of a he's, – he's undoubtedly a better passer. And I understand where you're coming from with Lamar because his upside, his ceiling is higher. But how much longer is Lamar going to be able to just run around all day too? So Also, is he ever going to reach his ceiling? That's, I think that's another legitimate um, question. Yep. I got one for you um, in the NBA, Sean. Um, who are the two players in NBA history to average 20 points, tw- uh, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists through their team's first game in the season? First well, 10 games. Nikola Jokic, because you're a Jokic lover boy. Um, Nikola Jokic is one. Am I right? That's it. He's one of them. How many players? Who's the other one? Two. I have a couple of guesses. Russell Westbrook. Nope. Oscar Robinson. You got it. I knew it. 61-62 season. Yep. Um, yeah, he, he was he was dominant, but you don't think he's a top five point guard of all time. That was freaking um, 70 years ago. You said it, not me. You said it. There's the person that doesn't think KD's a top five player. All right. I said possibly. I said possibly. I'm trying to find another one for you right here. Um, I will say ESPN stats and info is not giving me a good one. I think I'm going to have to switch over to PFF like you did. Um, okay. Oh, my God. COVID in the NBA. Sheesh. It, hey, the NBA is really getting messed up by by COVID. Um, oh, I got one for you. Uh, no, I'm not going to. I'm not, I'm not going to do that one. Who were the top three pass rushing units of 2020? In order. In order, Pittsburgh. You, they were number one. The Rams. They were number two. I have a couple guesses for three. Let me start with New Orleans. Wait, no, sorry. The Rams were number three. Oh. Washington. Number five. I think I asked you this question before. Dang it. I forget. Number two and number four. New Orleans. Nope. Not on the list. Chicago. Number four. Two. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get number two. Think, think of uh, – it's a sleeper team. It's a team you wouldn't think of. They didn't have a very good year. Philly. Yep, number two. They um, – they their pressure rate was about 38.4%, and they did not blitz. They were 24th in the league in terms of blitzing. Um, so, blitzing percentage. So, the, we, so, we know the pass rush wasn't the problem. It was everything else on that team. <laughs> All right. Um, you want to go again? Or you want me to get one? What are the high, the top five highest graded seasons by a tight end since 06? I've seen that. Uh, Tony Gonzalez, Gronk, Travis Kelsey this year, Kittle last year. Who's the last one? Who's number three? I said Gronk. 
not Jimmy Graham, is it? Nope. It's like it's somebody I, I should know. Did you get Tony Gonzalez? Mm-hmm. He was number five. Gronk was number four. Kelsey was two. Kittle was one. Kittle was one. Who is three? What what conference and what year? AFC. Year. I don't know. If I give you the year, it might be too obvious, but um, 2011. Gronk again? Yeah. He was, a, he was such a beast. Um, I just want to point this out. I don't really have another one for you, but I will say. That's for the um, God if it's about Jair Alexander. I'm going no, to it's not somebody. about Jair Alexander. I will say, though. The highest grade by a quarterback in the playoffs since 2006 is none other than Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, obviously uh, not the problem. It is Green Bay's defense. That is my only pause for concern. I don't think the pass rush is going to get to him in the moving pocket with the um, with the outside runs. They don't just run dives up the middle like Seattle does. And I think – Yeah, uh, and, and uh, the lack of Green Bay getting Aaron Rodgers any wide receivers in the first round. That's also – yeah. I mean, maybe so, but Devontae Adams was a second-round pick. Marion Cobb was a second-round pick. Nelson was a fifth-round pick. That's Aaron Rodgers. Like, come on now. I swear. I swear. Oh, my God. If you guys don't take a wide receiver in the first round this year. No, I don't know if we will. Because I I don't know if they're going to reach up and grab Olave. We? I I don't know if he's necessarily – I mean, if they win the Super Bowl, I don't think it would be a reach. But if, if, say, your playoffs – hopefully doesn't come true, um, which I really don't think it will. And they get eliminated by the Rams. They'll have a, a, a mid-20s pick. I want to call that a reach. A reach. I think he's like an early to mid-second round guy. Now, I don't think it would necessarily be a and reach. And this guy from the guy that had Terrence Marshall. Okay. No, he was behind him. I had the Packers grabbing him because they needed a receiver so desperately. Okay. Yeah, because I had, I think I had a lot of it going to Baltimore. And Baltimore picked in the early 20s. So you just invalidated your mock draft. I had them reaching up for a receiver too. And he was the better receiver between him and Marshall. You just said you have them, you have Alave as an early to mid second round guy. Mm-hmm. And you had him get picked mid. It was a reach. Do you understand what a reach is? Yes. A reach. Is Josiah DeGuara in the third round? That a is reach really- is taking A.J. Dillon over a wide receiver. No, I, I think A.J. Dillon's value is pretty good. Wait over a wide receiver? It may have not been the best pick, but it wasn't a reach. It wasn't necessarily the best roster situational pick, although come playoff time, maybe it was. We don't know that. I mean, just look what he did against Tennessee. Yawn. Unless you've got anything else, Sean. Um um, no. So I think we can kind of start wrapping this. Hey, guess so, what? If, if In case you want any uh, more pity, if you want to have a pity party for Allen Robinson, um, since entering the league, the quarterbacks he's had is what? Blake Bortles. He's had Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, he's probably had Mike Glennon, probably Ryan Fitzpatrick, because they're on every single team. Um, since entering the league, only 64% of his targets have been deemed catchable. That is 93rd out of 101 qualified receivers. So, yeah. Um, and, I mean, he had the least amount of drops this year. He catches 
literally almost everything that's thrown his way. He is a stud. I hope he goes through a situation, maybe Green Bay, but you guys will spend money. Um, I, I hope hey, he goes. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We actually spent a little bit of money. The oh, past my God. Last here comes more. Here comes the, the uh, uh, are you the defense attorney for the Green Bay Packers? I'm no, I'm just the uh, person who, who proves you wrong because you just say stuff that's out of context. Wait, wait until Sunday or Saturday, Saturday, and then oh, wait, I forgot, idiot of the day. Yes, idiot of the day. Idiot also, of the day. Also, did you know that Ali Marpet has not um, allowed a sack since week six in 2019? So that's pretty good. No, good for him. Um, idiot. Also, Tristan Wirfs only allowed one sack this season. Those are two of the Bucks' offensive linemen. Linemen. Yeah. So, idiot of the day. All right, you ready? Let's do it. I'm going to go a little intro here. So, <clears throat> superstars are the basic normality of society right now you know a superstar as a, a pop star that's not a pun intended to drake song pop star um sure. hmm? knowing you it probably was it could be you know katie perry for a weird example it could be rihanna as a superstar it can be lebron james as a superstar my point is superstars mike trout we're putting respect on baseball mike trout can be Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Can be Mike Trout. Can be Mookie Vance. Blah, 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 blah. Arnold Acuna. <laughs> My point is, superstars yeah, dominate, for the most part, our lives, right? We, we view superstars. We hold them to a high standard. But what happens when a superstar doesn't act, behave, or perform like a superstar? And then when a superstar is disgruntled, Normally, a superstar would get what he wants because he is a superstar. You you lay, you throw the kitchen sink for the superstar to make sure he is happy. But what that's super- so valuable to what you're trying to do. But what if that superstar is not even helping himself? You haven't caught on yet. This idiot of the day is James Harden. James Harden, I knew it. I knew it. Ladies and gentlemen, James Harden has been saying or reports have been saying for months that he wants out. And let me pull back up if I can find it. Let me pull back up James Harden looking like he had it worked out since the pandemic started. Hey, it's not even about working out. It's about eating like crap, too. I mean, you cannot work out and still be skinny. You guys see that? Um, what, what, Why in the world? And let's just a, say, let's just say he had some soul food over the shutdown. Hey, that that that, that was that was wrong. That that like was soul, soul food is very very greasy. I'm not saying it's not delicious. It's it certainly is. But you, I'm offended. James Harden definitely had a pregame meal. That was the caption of this. And like, come on now, seriously, like you are so you are making it so hard for teams to want to trade for you. I already think your your audience for trade candidates is low because the candidates that are gonna is gonna take for them to get a high level player in return for you. You look at Brooklyn. No, I'm not trading for you if I'm Brooklyn. You look at although I mean, would you if if Kyrie keeps going in my age? Would you? No. 
Philly definitely not trading for Harden the way they're playing, right? There is none of the teams that we said going into the season could potentially trade for James Harden. I am not comfortable with all of those teams trading for James Harden right now. A, because I like the way my team is constructed right now. And B, James Harden doesn't look like a player that wants to play basketball right now. He is looking like he has not worked out and he is just eating flaming hot Cheetos every hour of the day. Okay? Seriously, James Harden, you want out. You want out of Houston? First off, you don't control, you don't have leverage. You're not Kyrie or AD. Not saying like he's he's not better than those guys, especially Kyrie. But they were in the last year their deals. James Harden has two full years left with a player option. So Houston's like, shoot. Lean back. No, so I'm worried you probably don't. But they're just leaning back right now. They are just absolutely cool, comma, collected. The three, the three C's. Cool, comma, collected. They are not caring. They don't answer the phone. And they'd be like, okay, look, if you don't have this player in the deal, nope, you don't have him, okay, bye. They don't give a crap right now, okay? Any of the day, it's James Harden, because you want out, help yourself, James, help yourself, unless one has anything else to say. Thank you for watching and listening to Sports Online, the most authentic place of sports, kind of like that segment. Um, Warren, do you have anything else, or can I go? Warren's have some uh, connection issues. Thanks, Zoom. But anyway, we'll see you guys back here tomorrow. Thank you guys for listening to my rant, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace out.